Welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, the podcast that brings you through the entire Bible in 260 days. Have you ever wanted to read the whole Bible but struggled to do so? This podcast is meant to help you do it. With five 15 to 20 minute episodes per week, you will hear the entire Bible read to you. There will also be occasional brief notes to help explain context, as well as a concluding question or thought to consider. So welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, your journey through the Bible in 260 days. Welcome to episode 164. Today we're taking a, a brief break from Isaiah in this episode. Uh, we'll be doing the book of Micah. And Micah is a prophet who is actually a contemporary. He was uh, prophesying at the same time as Isaiah. And his prophecy uh, here is not too long. We'll do it in this episode and in the next one. And it's a really an indictment, again, of the religious and the political leaders of Israel at the time in Samaria and in Jerusalem, calling them out for their injustice, for their way they treat the poor, for the way that they fail to care for the people who are in need, for the way they gobble up land and they are greedy and selfish and they are not caring about who they're supposed to be serving and taking care of as leaders, both in the religious world and in the political world. And so... Micah is really an indictment, a call for justice. Uh, and we'll see in Psalm 10 that we'll read today as well, some of that. And in Matthew 24, Jesus warns about this as well. So a call to ju- for justice is our theme today. And we begin in Micah chapter 1. This is the Lord's message that came to Micah of Moresheth during the time of Jotham, Ahaz, and, A- and Hezekiah, kings of Judah, which he saw concerning Samaria and Jerusalem. Listen, all you nations, pay attention, all inhabitants of of earth. The sovereign Lord will act as a witness against you. The Lord will accuse you from his majestic palace. Look, the Lord is coming out of his dwelling place. He will descend and march on the earth's mountaintops. The mountains will crumble beneath him, and the valleys will split apart like wax before a fire, like water dumped down on a steep slope. All this is because of Jacob's rebellion and the sins of the nation of Israel. And just what is Jacob's rebellion? Isn't it Samaria's doings? And what is Judah's sin? Isn't it Jerusalem's doings? I will turn Samaria into a heap of ruins in an open field, into a place for planting vineyards. I will dump the rubble of her walls down into the valley and lay bare her foundations. All her carved idols will be smashed to pieces. All her metal cult statues will be destroyed by fire. I will make a waste heap of all her images. Since she gathered the metal as a prostitute collects her wages, the idols will become a prostitute's wages again. For this reason, I will mourn and wail. I will walk around barefoot and without my outer garments. I will howl like a wild dog and screech like an owl. For Samaria's disease is incurable. It has infected Judah. It has spread to the leadership of my people and even to Jerusalem. Don't spread the news in Gath. Don't shed even a single tear. And Beth Leifra, roll about in mourning in the dust. Residents of Shafir pass by nakedness and, sh- and humiliation. The residents of Zanon have not escaped. Beth the Ezel mourns, saying, He takes from you what he desires. Indeed, the residents of Maroth hope for something good to happen, though the Lord has sent disaster against the city of Jerusalem. Residents of Lachish hitch the horses to the chariots. You influence daughter Zion to sin, for Israel's rebellious deeds can be traced back to you. Therefore, you will have to say farewell to Moresheth Gath. 
the residents of Akzib will be as disappointing as a dried-up well to the kings of Israel. Residents of Marashah, a conqueror will attack you. The leaders of Israel shall flee to Adullam. Shave your heads bald as you mourn for your children you love. Shave your foreheads as bald as an eagle, for they are taken from you into exile. Beware, wicked schemers, those who devise calamity as they lie in bed. As soon as morning dawns, they carry out their plans because they have the power to do so. They confiscate the fields they desire and seize the houses they want. They defraud people of their homes and deprive people of land they have inherited. Therefore, the Lord says this, Look, I am devising disaster for this nation. I will be like a yoke from which you cannot free your neck. You will no longer walk proudly, for it will be a time of catastrophe, and that day people will sing this taunt song to you. They will mock you with this lament. We are completely destroyed. They sell off the property of my people, how they remove it from me. They assign our fields to the conqueror. Therefore, no one will assign you land in the Lord's community. Don't preach with such impassioned rhetoric, they say excitedly. These prophets should not preach of such things. We will not be overtaken by a humiliation. Does the family of Jacob say, The Lord's patience can't be exhausted. He would never do such things. To be sure, my commands bring a reward for those who obey him. But you rise up as an enemy against my people. You steal a robe from a friend and those who pass by peacefully as if returning from a war. You wrongfully evict widows among my people from their cherished homes. You defraud their children of their prized inheritance. But you are the ones who will be forced to leave. For this land is not secure. Sin will thoroughly destroy it. If a lying windbag should come and say, I'll promise you blessings of wine and beer. He would be just the right preacher for these people. I will certainly gather all of you, O Jacob. I will certainly assemble those Israelites who remain. I will bring them together like sheep in a fold, like a flock in the middle of a pasture. They will be so numerous that they will make a lot of noise. The one who can break through barriers will lead them out. They will break out, pass through the gate and leave. Their king will advance before them. The Lord himself will lead them. I said, Listen, you leaders of Jacob, you rulers of the nation of Israel. You ought to know what is just, yet you hate what is good and love what is evil. You flay my people's skin and rip the flesh from their bones. You devour my people's flesh, strip off their skin and crush their bones. You chop them up like flesh in a pot, like meat in a kettle. Someday these sinful leaders will cry to the Lord for help, but he will not answer them. He will hide his face from them at that time because they have done such wicked deeds. This is what the Lord has said about the prophets who mislead my people. If someone gives them enough to eat, they offer an oracle of peace. But if someone does not give them food, they are ready to declare war on them. Therefore, night will fall and you will receive no visions. It will grow dark and you will no longer be able to read the omens. The sun will set on these prophets and the daylight will turn to darkness over their heads. The prophets will be ashamed. The omen readers will be humiliated. All of them will cover their mouths, for they will receive no divine oracles. But I am full of the courage that the Lord's Spirit gives and have a strong commitment to justice. This enables me to confront Jacob with its rebellion and Israel with its sin. Listen to this, you leaders of the family of Jacob, you rulers of the nation of Israel. You hate justice and pervert all that is right. You build Zion through bloody crimes, Jerusalem through unjust violence. 
Her leaders take bribes when they decide legal cases. Her priests proclaim rulings for profit, and her prophets read omens for pay. Yet they claim to trust the Lord and say, The Lord is among us. Disaster will not overtake us. Therefore, because of you, Zion will be plowed up like a field. Jerusalem will become a heap of ruins, and the Temple Mount will become a hill overgrown with brush. And in future days, the Lord's Temple Mount will be the most important mountain of all. It will be more prominent than any other hills. People will stream to it. Many nations will come saying, Come on, let's go up to the Lord's Mountain, to the Temple of Jacob's God, so he can teach us his ways and we can live by his laws. For instruction will proceed from Zion, the Lord's message from Jerusalem. He will arbitrate between many peoples and settle disputes between many distant nations. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations will not use weapons against other nations, and they will no longer train for war. Each will sit under his own grapevine or under his own fig tree without any fear. The Lord of heaven's armies has decreed it. Though all the nations follow their respective gods, we will follow the Lord our God forever. In that day, says the Lord, I will gather the lame and assemble the outcasts whom I injured. I will transform the lame into the nucleus of a new nation and those far off into a mighty nation. The Lord will reign over them on Mount Zion from that day forward and forevermore. As for you, watchtower for the flock, fortress of daughter Zion, your former dominion will be restored, the sovereignty that belongs to the daughter to daughter Jerusalem. Jerusalem, why are you now shouting so loudly? Has your king disappeared? Has your wise leader been destroyed? And in this, is this why pain grips you as if you were a woman in labor? Twist and strain, daughter Zion, as you were, as if you were in labor. For you will leave the city and live in the open field. You will go to Babylon, but there you will be rescued. The Lord will deliver you from the power of your enemies. Many nations have now assembled against you. They say, Jerusalem must be desecrated so we can gloat over Zion. But they do not know what the Lord is planning. They do not understand his strategy. He has gathered them like stalks of grain to be threshed at the threshing floor. Get up and thresh, daughter Zion, for I will give you iron horns. I will give you bronze hooves, and I will crush many nations. You will devote to the Lord the spoils you have taken from them and dedicate their wealth to the sovereign ruler of the whole earth. And we'll leave it there and pick it up in the last uh, part of uh, Micah, the last parts uh, in our next episode. But we see this back and forth between God calling for justice, for people who are leaders there to do what's right and to stop doing these awful things they've been doing to the weak and the helpless people. And yet promises of restoration, of taking those very outcasts and those very weak people, the people who've been taken advantage of, and giving them new life, a new land, a new destiny, a new identity, everything made new by God and his power because of his grace and his mercy. And now we turn to Psalm 10. And in Psalm 10, we get a picture here of uh, the psalmist calling out to God for justice against his enemies, against those who do evil against uh, the weak and the helpless. And so we'll read from Psalm 10 and hear that cry, that call for justice as well. Why, Lord, do you stand far off? Why do you pay no attention during times of trouble? The wicked arrogantly chase the oppressed, and the oppressed are trapped by the schemes the wicked have dreamed up. Yes, the wicked man boasts because he gets what he wants. The one who robs others others curses and rejects the Lord. The wicked man is so arrogant he always thinks, God won't hold me accountable. He doesn't care. 
He is secure at all times. He has no regard for your commands. He disdains all your all his enemies. He says to himself, I will never be shaken because I experience no calamity. His mouth is full of curses and deception, harmful words. His tongue injures and destroys. He waits in ambush near the villages. In hidden places, he kills the innocent. His eyes look for some unfortunate victim. He lies in ambush in a hidden place like a lion in a thicket. He lies in ambush, waiting to catch the oppressed. He catches the oppressed by pulling in his net. His victims are crushed and beaten down. They are trapped in his sturdy nets. He says to himself, God overlooks it. He does not pay attention. He never notices. Rise up, Lord. O God, strike him down. Do not forget the oppressed. Why does the wicked man reject God? He says to himself, You will not hold me accountable. You have taken notice. You will always see the one who inflicts pain and suffering. The unfortunate victim entrusts his cause to you. You deliver the fatherless. Break the arm of the wicked and evil man. Hold him accountable for his wicked deeds, which he thought he would no, you would not discover. The Lord rules forever. The nations are driven out of his land. Lord, you have heard the request of the oppressed. You make them feel secure because you listen to their prayer. You defend the fatherless and oppressed so that mere mortals may no longer terrorize them. There you have a a call for that justice, for God to do something, even though people often think God's not going to do anything. It's no big deal. There's no one going to hold me accountable. And the psalmist is crying out for God to actually hold them accountable and to come and rescue them in a way that only he can. And we see some of the same call for justice in Matthew 24, where Jesus again speaks of God's judgment to come and warnings about the fact that all will stand before God as the true judge, the just judge. And it's then, in that sense, also a call for justice. Matthew 24. Now as Jesus was going out of the temple courts and walking away, his disciples came to show him the temple buildings. And he said to them, Do you see all these things? I tell you the truth. Not one stone will be left on another. All will be torn down. As he was sitting on the Mount of Olives, his disciples came to him privately and said, Tell us, when will these things happen? And what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? Jesus answered them, Watch out that no one misleads you, for many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ, and they will mislead many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars. Make sure that you are not alarmed, for this must happen, but the end is still to come. For nation will rise up in arms against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these things are the beginning of birth pains. Then they will hand you over to be persecuted and will kill you. You will be hated by all the nations because of my name. Then many will be led into sin and they will betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many. And because lawlessness will increase so much, the love of many will grow cold. But the person who endures to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole inhabited earth as a testimony to all the nations, and then the end will come. So, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken about by Daniel the prophet, standing in the holy place, let the reader understand that those in Judea must flee to the mountains. The one on the roof must not come down to take anything out of his house, and the one in the field must not go back to get his cloak. Woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing their babies in those days. Pray that your flight might not be in winter or on a Sabbath. 
For then there will be great suffering, unlike anything that has happened from the beginning of the world until now, or ever will happen. And if those days had not been cut short, no one would be saved. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be cut short. Then if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ, or there he is, do not believe them. For false messiahs and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. Remember, I have told you ahead of time. So then, if someone says to you, look, he's in the wilderness, or do not go out, or look, he is in the inner rooms, do not believe him. For just like the lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so the coming of the Son of Man will be. Wherever the corpse is, there the vultures will gather. Immediately after the suffering of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from heaven and the powers of heaven will be shaken. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven and all the tribes of the earth will mourn. They will see the Son of Man arriving on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send his angels with a loud trumpet blast and they will gather his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. Learn this parable from the fig tree. Whenever its branch becomes tender and puts out its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also, when you see all these things, know that he is near, right at the door. I tell you the truth. This generation will not pass away until all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. But as for the day and hour, no one knows it, not even the angels in heaven, except the Father alone. For just like the days of Noah were, so the coming of the Son of Man will be. For in those days, before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and given in marriage, until the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing until the flood came and took them all away. It will be the same at the coming of the Son of Man. Then there will be two men in the field, one will be taken and one left. There will be two women grinding grain with a mill, one will be taken and one left. Therefore stay alert, because you do not know on what day the Lord will come. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have been alert and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. When, Who then is the faithful and wise slave, whom the master has put in charge of his household to give the other slaves their food at their proper time? Blessed is that slave whom the master finds at work when he comes. I tell you the truth, the master will put him in charge of all his possessions. But if that evil slave should say to himself, My master is staying away a long time and he begins to beat his fellow slaves and to eat and drink with drunkards, then the master of the slave will come on a day when he does not expect him and an hour that he does not foresee, and he will cut him in two and assign him a place with the hypocrites where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. There's Jesus promising that he will bring a final end to this world. He will usher in a new kingdom of heaven. He will do so as the great judge. He will come so that all the world will see him. It will be clear and obvious. He doesn't say when that will happen, but he says, be ready. And I think the call for justice is a call that still remains then, that Jesus is saying, treat people well. Don't be the slave who mistreats people. Don't be the one who thinks that you're going to get away with what you're doing, but turn to God, ask for grace and mercy from him, and then serve and obey him with wisdom and with courage 
and with perseverance because Jesus will return. All wrongs will be righted. There will be a new day, a new kingdom, a new heaven and earth, and Jesus the King will reign and rule forever. Thanks for listening to the Bible in 260 podcast. May what you have heard speak to your heart and mind today. The scriptures quoted are from the Net Bible, http netbible.com, copyright 1996 2019, used with permission from Biblical Studies Press, LLC, all rights reserved. Our theme song for the podcast is The Call by Emily Ruth. You can find The Call and other music by Emily Ruth on Apple Music or Spotify or wherever you find your music.